Welcome to the Revenue Accelerators Podcast, a show featuring B2B sales and business leaders. Hosted by Excelogy founder and 19-year sales veteran with leadership experience in strategic enterprise and telecom sales, Deep Trichonod. This show uncovers strategies and techniques business leaders have used to go from zero to one and beyond. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help us reach more people. Revenue Accelerators is brought to you by Excelogy. We help B2B sales leaders improve sales performance by leveraging our patent-pending data-driven sales coaching systems. Find us at www.excelogy.com. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you guys for joining another episode of Revenue Accelerators. Today, I'm with Matt Wallach. Matt, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, Deep. So I've been in uh, software for a long time. That's kind of my game. But sales is something that I'm very passionate about. From the very beginning, when we started a software company, it was me responsible to sell. And I had no idea what I was doing. Very green, very uh, just totally not knowing anything of what I was supposed to do. So I just kind of did what I say, throw up all over my prospect. And it did not go well. And so I, I buckled down and had to learn from all sorts of sources. Fortunately, that helped. I was able to create a process, something that we were able to use to generate a 63% call closing rate with our team there. We eventually exited that company, started another company, grew that one, exited that. And now what I do is I coach sales leaders, salespeople, and CEOs on how to effectively close a whole ton of deals so that we can double, triple close rates and get them to an amazing, amazing uh, valuation and maybe even potentially an exit. So I love that part of it. I also have a software company myself called Toro Waves. And so we are an SMS marketing system that helps people communicate with their prospects a little bit easier. I love it. Okay. So, so how long have you been doing either or? Like you mentioned, you're kind of split CEO for these two organizations, right? So Excellus is your coaching company. Is that, is that accurate? That's right. And then- and then Toro Wave. So, so how? Yeah, if you can kind of just double click a little bit on on both of those. How long you've been doing both? How did like? How did you actually let's start with the coaching piece of it? Because I think that's a little bit more relevant. How did you get into that? Like, how did you woke up one one Monday morning or something? Or how did that work out? Yeah, no, good question. So essentially, when I was growing and starting to see some good success, I would have friends reach out to me and say, like, "Hey, what did you do there? How'd that work? It looks like you guys are seeing some good things." You know, of course, we were in articles and such, and so. I, I, I shared and I said, hey, how about this? And even a few times I went over and spoke to their team, their sales team, and walked them through like exactly what they should be doing instead of what they're doing now. And I really got a lot of energy out of it. I loved it and to see them kind of soak this up, everything I was telling them. And then a few weeks later when the leader would say, Matt, holy cow, what you told us has been amazing. We've closed this many more deals and it's been incredible. That was so much fun for me. I love that. And so after my last exit, I'm like, hey, maybe I should just do that all the time. I mean, I, I have this knowledge. It's worked great for me. I'm sure there are plenty of other people out there who, who would love to have this and want to grow their company. And so I did that. I, uh, opened up shops, shop, so they say, and it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was, uh, weird timing actually worked out. Okay. Because my clients are all around the world. We needed to be on zoom anyway. And, uh, we were fortunate enough that it grew really quickly. A lot of people needed this and it was kind of a, a, a market that was ripe for it. And, now 250 some companies have come through working with me later and it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. I love it actually. I have a similar story with this podcast itself. It started as a research project. I enjoyed doing it so much, meeting folks like yourself. 
and it's just kind of keeping going. Like it's just, it, it reinvigorates me. So I, I, I love it. So now that you've been doing it for, what is this now? Almost a little three over and a half years? years or so. Yeah. So, um, so what's like, are you, is it as exciting as it was when you, you know, let's call it this, the latter half of 2020. Like, is it still as exciting as it was? It is for sure. So one of the things when I was growing my companies, it was great, but we were purely focused on one challenge. Let's grow this company. And what are the, what's the market look like here? And what can we solve here? And how do we do this? And that was awesome. We had a great teams. But now what I like about this is the variety. One client I talk to, they're struggling with this. And I can help them overcome that. Another client has this and I help them overcome that. And this client's in this industry. This client's in that industry. And so, being able to kind of jump back and forth keeps me really energized and really excited for what's coming who, next. Who so, yes. do, what kind of like, do you focus on individuals? Do you focus on sales teams? You focus on sales leadership, like where in the spectrum of sales experience and sales kind of season, like veteran, like where, where do you, where do you help out with? Do you help establish new teams that are scaling or do you kind of fix problems that are at the individual level or at the team level? It's more of the latter. So let's fix the problems on why you're not selling. Now, I usually work with the leader, whether it's the sales director, VP, or even if the CEO sometimes is overseeing sales. Uh, but I want to fix the problem because a lot of times people are out there doing stuff that feels intuitive, that feels right, but it's not. It's not going to help you close deals. And what you're doing is actually counterproductive. It's actually hurting your close yeah. rate. And so I want to show them, hey, you need to adjust this, change this. And a lot of times... They're frustrated because some team members are performing great and other team members are not doing so well. And they wonder why is there no consistency? What's happening? So we identify what the problems are. Why are there some who are not doing so well? And we show them how they can do better. That's awesome. And do you have like a, a sweet spot in terms of team size that you, that you tend to work with? No team size. I really work with one solo team person, whether it's a leader or a salesperson who's on their own, all the way up to 10, 20 or so people. Okay. That's, that's awesome. And you mentioned multiple verticals, doesn't matter what any type of vertical. So, but, um, the kind of focus that I, I do, and I noticed even on the, the Excellus LinkedIn page, at least as I'm stalking you, um, is you more focused on the B2B SaaS type of sale. Is that, is that accurate? That's right. Yeah. Software was, I was born and raised in, and, uh, that's kind of my, my bread and butter. And so it's purely focused on B2B software. Got it. That's awesome. Um, so, so kind of going a little bit even further back, um, why sales? Like, uh, um, so I love startups. First of all, I think that's really my my passion is seeing something go from nothing and you just form this company, and all of a sudden people are paying you for stuff. Like there was nothing here, and all of a sudden people are giving us money. That's pretty cool. And especially with what I'm doing in software. You just type in some code on a screen and all of a sudden people want that thing. Like that's, that's kind of an amazing thing. And so I love the startup game. Now in my startups, it just feels like amongst the partnerships, I've always been the one that's gravitated towards sales. You do operations, you do management, you do this, you do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I will do the sales and marketing piece. And I, I don't know how that happened. I never was formally educated in sales. In fact, I don't know how many people ever were. That's not really a degree within, yeah. within colleges, but. I I wanted to do it, but it was really frustrating in the early days when I would go out, do something and nothing would work. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm the one that's responsible for this. It's kind of on me if this company grows or not and nothing was happening. So it became very frustrating. And I had to fight through that. 
And so, but, but like, so if my hearing that you raised your hand that you wanted that problem or was, were all the other jobs taken and then sales was still open, you're like, I guess I'll do this. I feel like more of the latter. It's, it's kind of like when your partnership of like three, say, mm -hmm. some is obvious. Like obviously the tech guy is the tech guy, right? Yeah. And then it's between operations and sales primarily. It's like, okay, well, okay, you do that. And that's kind of, kind of how things can happen. Um, and so that's kind of how it happened with me. And I was, I went, okay, I'll do sales. And, let's and see how long ago was that? How long ago was that where you kind of stumbled Seven, into sales? 17 years ago. Wow. Okay. Nice. Somewhere and there. then yeah. in, in that, in your travels, especially early on, I'd love kind of, kind of luck to hear some of those, those early school of hard knocks lessons that you remember learning or, or even lately, because some of us forget those lessons or take them for granted. And we make those same mistakes that we did when we first started. So is there anything you can share with, with the audience that, that was a big lesson for you that's still memorable? You still kind of, it, when you're giving your lessons to your students or your, your clients that, comes top of mind for you to make sure that they understand one of those things that, that you had to learn the hard way. Yeah. I mean, I think with anybody who starts in sales, if they're not educated in it, first of all, sales feels like you'd be able to just pick it up. Let me just have some conversations. I'll start to learn it. I'll figure it out. And then after a few, you're like, Oh, that didn't go well. Well, that didn't go well. And you keep yeah. trying different things. And the problem with it is none of it is intuitive. Like things you think should work don't work. Yep. And once you learn a couple of things, you're like, holy cow, I never would have thought of that. I can't believe that doing this absolutely works. Like, like one example I can give is some of the best salespeople know when to shut up and they don't say things at the right time. But we've always been taught that a salesperson who's that, that idealized salesperson is an amazing talker, right? Totally. But actually yes, I, the power of silence is amazing. It so is, that's, that's something that. Oh, go ahead. You, you mentioned early on, right? Like you would just show up and throw up, right? Like be like, mm -hmm. just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks and then kind of go from there. And that's similarly, I, I used to do the same thing. Even as a sales engineer, when I was once upon a time, my sales rep who was seasoned was like, dude, don't vomit knowledge. He would call it vomiting knowledge. And he's yeah. like, that's not the point of this meeting. Like just shut your mouth, open your ears and understand kind of what, where the client or customer is coming from first before you have a, you take the conversation in particular down, down a particular direction. A hundred percent. Um, do you, do you recall any, any scenario or actual, not just scenario, actual meeting that you took where, you know, like nowadays there are tools out there that measure talk time. Right. Like there's uh, there's gong, there's chorus, there's several um, fireflies, I think, is another one um, where it tells you, like, how much the rep spoke, how much of the customer sp speak, how much the sales engineers speak and whatnot. Right. And so they didn't have that back in the day. But mm -mm. Um, there were I'm kind of curious, like, do you remember do you recall a time where if you're looking back on the meeting, you'd be like, dude, I actually don't know what the customer wanted because I never asked the question or I never waited for them to respond. Oh, I mean, absolutely. There's so many times. I mean, at the beginning, I didn't know what discovery was. I didn't know you were supposed to do that. We had a product. He wanted to learn more. And so pop on in. Let me show you the product. And back then it was go to meeting uh, mm -hmm. way back in the day, not Zoom. So that's how old I am. Um, let me show you the product. And do you like it? Never learning anything about like, why do you think you need this? Or what are you struggling with? Or what have you tried before? And all those things I had to cut my teeth and over the years learn the right questions to ask. But in the early days, 
I did what I, what I talked about. I just threw up my product all over them. And I remember one time in particular, I had this prospect came to me, said he wanted a demo. So I, Hey, here you go. Let's, let's walk through it and went through it. And at the end, he's like, I, I actually don't even do this. I'm like, well, we went, we just went through like 45 minutes of explaining this. And he never once had the heart to break it to me that he doesn't even like think about, he's not even in the industry. And I'm like, what? And so I learned a hard lesson of, make sure you learn about them because obviously you can disqualify early but more than that we want to be able to associate so i have a process it's called the perfect deal process so a lot of people mm-hmm. who, who follow me emulate that and know what that is but in that process we need to associate our solution to their to their issues to their challenges the pain totally. and we need to connect it directly and get them to realize this is the solution for you and when you can do that it's very powerful but unless we discover, unless we learn about the buyer and understand what their needs and pains and what keeps them up at night are, we can't connect the product to it. And so we have to learn that first. A hundred percent. That's that's yeah. That's a that's a big lesson. Discovery is a big category um, of of knowledge that really that first meeting. Basically, what you're saying. What I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, that first meeting is effectively you're learning as a sales rep, you're learning about your customer and it may not even be their, their product is could be about the individual themselves, right. In terms of how do you navigate the subsequent conversations? Cause the way I approach all these meetings is that particular meeting, the sole purpose of that meeting is to get to the next meeting, like mm-hmm. <laughs> right in terms. And so how do you do that in, in the most efficient manner while you also leave that prospect with kind of a good impression that they want to have a subsequent meeting, not that they have to have it, but they want it also um, is, is kind of the way I approach it. Uh, did in your, in your travels and even with your clients, do you have any clients that, that sell to consumers also? I noticed we, I know we talked about B2B, but do you, do your clients only sell to other businesses or do some of them also sell to consumers? Uh, they almost all sell to other businesses, but every now and then there's one that has a B2C division or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's not really my expertise, so I don't help out with that, but most of them are B2B focused. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. But um, I like what you're talking about with discovery because it's so important. And one of the things that, that really helped me kind of understand it and understand that I needed this, my friend Dan Tyre, who is, who's one of the early guys at HubSpot, he's like the sales god over at HubSpot. He's amazing. He has a, a phrase, help, don't sell. And yeah. you need to be helping and not really thinking about selling. And too many times we're thinking of our commission or the, the extra tick that we get on the chart that we sold one and we need this deal and everybody's telling us we need to close a deal. But if we're really thinking that, then the buyer kind of senses it. Another one of my 100%. friends calls it commission breath. And so more than, I, more than that, I talk to my clients and talk to them about Hey, think about how you can help them. Try and uncover where they're hurting and how you're going to be able to help them through that hurt. And when we're thinking about helping instead of selling, we come off a lot better. We're an advisor. We're a consultant now. So our mannerisms and the way we speak comes off better. They love it. They're more willing to be approached. They're, they're exactly. And it actually works better. People close more deals from doing this. And so it's really, really powerful if we can just think, how can I help them? And one of the questions I ask is, are you focused on their outcome or are you focused on your outcome of this call? And if we're focused on ours of like, I need this deal, 
then that's not going to help us. We need to focus on how can we get them to where they need to be. It's a, you, you hit the nail on the head because that in and of itself is counterintuitive. <laughs> Absolutely. You never would think that. You're always like, I need to sell. We're a brand yeah, new I'm a company. sales Let's guy. Get this thing rocking. Yeah. 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 They're, they know I'm a sales guy coming in. They know I'm supposed to sell them something. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let, here's all the things I'm going to sell you. Here's your, your menu. Choose from one and tell me what you want to buy. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and we talk about this on my on my. I have a podcast as well. We talk about it there. We talk about it on my YouTube channel. But people have what's called a sales wall, and if you do exactly what you just said, deep, and you start pushing at this and this, let me tell you all this, they're gonna put up their sales wall and make it so I don't want them to sell me. I don't want to get sold here and have yeah. them do some slick talk, and I might buy something. So I'm just gonna block everything off. And if that happens, that's a very negative conversation. It's not gonna go well. We yeah. need that wall to come down. And so we need them to feel like we are there to help them and we're their guide and they need to hold our hand so that we can help them navigate this nastiness of trying to figure out how to solve this problem. And if we can do that, then they're going to love us and trust us like crazy. Yeah. Cause, cause, um, you know, it was said to me by one of my friends, like even when just applying for a job, right? It doesn't matter about your background. Once you're at the interview, Every, it's like that's the equalizer, right? So if you, you mm-hmm. have some guy who went to junior college versus some other, some other guy who went to Harvard, if you're both at the interview step, like now, now from that point, it's, it's a fresh race. So yeah. to your point, like the fact that you're in the room with the client, the prospect, whomever it might be, and you're the salesperson, how do you, what, like, what is your opening kind of salvo to, to bring the walls down? Cause, cause the fact that you're in the room, they already know they're coming to get pitched. Like that's a, that's kind of a, a presumption that they make that, all right, I'm going to this meeting to get pitched on something, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. Cause you're, sure. you don't have the same email domain that they are. So you, they know you're not an employee, right? You're coming in yeah. from the outside or whatever it might be. So how do you, like, what are some of your techniques that you use to bring that wall down? So first things first, one of the easiest ways to do it, of course, if you think about, let's take that sales conversation and pretend it's at a cocktail party. If you go up somebody at a cocktail party, he's like, tell me all about you. They're going to be like, well, hold on. Like, I don't even know you. Like, what am I going to, I'm not going to expose this or that. I'm totally. from Vermont. Like, that's the, the most you might get out of it. Yeah, that's right. But if you went up to them and you kind of opened up about something about you and, and you're a little bit vulnerable even, and you kind of talked about this or that, then they're going to feel compelled to open up back to you. And so one of the things that a ton of salespeople miss is, they need to know who you are and they need to believe in you and they need to know you care. And so I say, you need to share your personal why. Why are you doing what you do? Why do you care about helping this person, right? We go back to the help. And so your personal why should be 20 to 30 seconds, something personal, but then a bit of your background and knowledge and experience and why you do this. And it, when you can tell a personal why, why are you doing what you do? Why do you care? Oh man, you do that at the beginning and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, they told all about themselves. Now you can start asking questions they're and they're it, much more likely to bring the wall down and want to have that conversation. And and yeah, you, you absolutely hit, you hit the nail on the head. They're, they're will, they'd be willing to share because you've already kind of, you've, you've taken the first step in, in breaking yep. that ice, right? Like, and so, uh, I love it actually. That's, uh, you know, I, I try to do that innately just even with friends and whatnot people that i you know like you said a cocktail party right where i meet this brand new person don't know anything about them and in order to try and make it meaningful for me this is actually a little bit selfish i make him in order to make it meaningful for me so we're not just talking about the weather i will provide some nugget of personal information to try and 
get them to kind of break down the wall. And I'm not selling them on that at that cocktail party. I'm just like, can we have a, a real conversation where we're not talking about how gloomy it is outside or sunny it is outside? Like just have a real conversation, but completely recognize I have to take that first step to, to have that. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, if you're going to join a demo as a, as a prospect and some guy gets on the other line, you can see him there and you're wondering like, who is this person? And did they just stick me with some schlub that just joined? Do they know what they're, and you're wondering the whole time, do they know what they're talking about? Can they help me? Should I trust them? And if you can get all that out of the way right at the beginning with 20 or 30 seconds of here's my background, here's why I care. And here's why I'm going to be able to help you in a nice, smooth way. They're going to be like, okay, yes, I can trust. Now that barrier is overcome and now we can have a great conversation. I love it. I love it. That's such a good point. I mean, and then like discovery is, is a science in and of itself. And your, mm-hmm. your, your point of how, like how you bring that wall down so you can have real discovery, like true, genuine, sincere discovery is is critical. So I'm grateful. And we're kind of coming up on time, Matt. Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the listeners um, that I we didn't get to cover? Uh, not that I can think of. I do have, I don't know if it's okay, Deep. I have a scorecard that if people want, I, it allows you to kind of keep track of all your stats, including of course. what's your conversion rate here, here. And sometimes the CRMs don't do it as well as you need to. And it actually shows you benchmarks that you need to aim for and then graphs of how you're doing over time. So if you want, I can share that. Yeah, please, please do share it with me. I'll put it in the, um, I'll put it in the, in the podcast post. So if whoever's listening can kind of go into the description and, and pull, you know, link to your, link to the, your information. Great. Love it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Matt. This was a blast. Um, wishing you all the best with, with both Excellus and your software company. Thank you much. You too. Be sure to check us out at www.excelogy.com. 